Hello to you and welcome to Mastering Success, hosted by yours truly, Brett D. Scott. Mastering Success is a platform for successful individuals to share their journey, inspire, and give hope to us all. Speaking about hope, if you're interested in reading my triple best-selling book, I Fly, a collaborative anthology of 20 authors sharing their stories of triumph through some very trying adversity, you'll find the link on this page or check Amazon to order. Without further ado, let us turn on the mic, turn up the speakers and listen to this next episode with anticipated excitement. Hey Jade, thanks Hi. so much for uh, for coming. It is Mastering Success with Jade Weller, whose business is Jade Start, which is a business coaching company. Now, um, there's lots and lots of questions and I'm sure there's plenty of people watching on Facebook. We've got a few people here in our, uh, in our actually got a yeah, nice handful of people here on our Zoom. So there'll be, there'll be, I'm sure, undoubtedly, there's going to be some questions that'll be asked. I've certainly got quite a few prepared for you. So I want to really start um, because I know your journey from what I've heard, because obviously I'm a, I'm a big fan. Big fan of your branding, big fan of how natural you are when it comes to showing up. And, uh, you know, it, it definitely inspires me. And so, you know, I look to what you do and I'm trying to, you know, implement some of those things and you're definitely, you know, helping me as well. So give us an insight into how your journey started. Yeah, no worries. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I absolutely love jumping on here and meeting new people. So I can't wait to hear your questions at the end. Um, so my journey actually started um, without even finishing school. So I grew up with my dad and my stepmom. Um, and at the end of year 10, right before I was due to start grade 11, which is like your senior years here in Australia, um, my stepmom had a stroke. And so I've got two younger brothers that were under four at the time. Um, my dad was a baker, would work night shift and mum didn't work at all. And so it just became a lot for dad to manage. I was in my typical teenage years. And so dad was trying to figure out how's he going to juggle raising three kids with a wife in hospital. And so he said, can I go live with my grandparents? And they lived um, about two hours away from dad. And so I was like, okay. So he pulled me out of school. I moved in with my grandparents and I had to get a job working um, like at Woolworths. And I was, I've got a lot of energy. <laughs> so I had multiple jobs. I had like two or three jobs at the time because I was just bored. I was like, ah, at least I can make money having multiple jobs. So I had a few jobs, um, worked those and I actually, actually grew up quite religious too. And um, we were taught to make sure you put the religion first, any work that was going to interfere with you being able to go to church or, you know, serve out your religious duties you shouldn't take. And I remember when I was 18, I tried to get a job working for Cadbury, um, the chocolate, chocolate manufacturer. And I got offered the job, but that meant I had to work some Saturdays because um, I was working as a sales rep in their, um, in their brand. And I actually got told to, I should turn it down because Saturdays were the day I had to dedicate to the ministry. So I turned the job down crazy. The, the guy, I remember the, the guy who was looking to hire me, he just looked at me baffled. He's like, you're turning this job down. Like I went through 300 applicants to choose you and you're turning it down. This is crazy. So anyway, I did that. Um, kept working for, I worked for Woolworths. They're like one of the largest supermarket chains here in Australia. I worked my way up and started managing some of the different departments for them and ended up leaving the religion when I was in my early twenties. Um, so, um, it wasn't about till I was sort of 24, 25 that I started to get that itchy groaning feeling of, you know, I'm feeling unfulfilled. I'm, I'm really not living up to my full potential. I don't know what I can do because as I said, I left school at the end of grade 10 everywhere. I started to apply for different jobs, but everywhere I was applying, they, I was getting down to the last two or three interviewees and the interviewer was always saying to me, I'm so sorry, but we've chosen another candidate over you because I had to go for psych testing every time, psychological testing. And every time the results came back that I'm far too honest for sales. So they said, you know, obviously we need to choose someone who's more suited for a sales role. So I kind of felt really stuck. I was like frustrated that I couldn't get out of this job that I was in. 
I sort of made my bed and now I was lying in it, so to speak. And um, I remember my partner now, my husband, um, we had just started dating um, and he took me along to a barbecue and one of his friends that he went to school with, his wife was a lawyer and she worked for in-house for a company. And that means that they work privately, not in a law firm. And she was looking for a legal assistant and um, had paralegals and lawyers applying for the role because there was just an over-demand, oversupply of lawyers and and not enough positions. And I remember that night I'd managed to convince her to give me an interview um, with the directors the next week to apply for this role. And so I went in to the, the office and Um, sat down and the director just looked at me and he's like, why should I choose you? Like literally I have 10 other applicants that are more qualified than you. You've got no experience in legal whatsoever. Like I'm taking you green. I've got to give you a lot of training. Why should I choose you? And he saw something in my eye that nobody else had, which was this, I just wanted change so bad. I was like, I will do anything. I can learn anything. I just need this opportunity. And so he knew in hiring me, he was going to get someone who was dedicated, someone who was loyal, someone who was going to show up, someone who wasn't going to whinge whenever, you know, there were late nights, someone who wasn't entitled, (laughs) which typically seems to be the, the case in legal firms. And so he hired me and that was really the beginning of my journey to sort of build up to the point of where I am today. That is, uh, that, that's an awesome story. And in fact, um, I hadn't heard that part of it. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's not a surprise to me because if you like the great thing that you do is you share a lot of video, especially on Instagram, share a lot of video content and you can see that um, when you mention about uh, being too honest for sales, um, that certainly I can see that, you know, and not that, not that, and obviously I've got a long history of sales and yes, I did uh, lie at times. So sure, I would have passed <laughs> psych test, but, but I think the great thing is that, um, you know, what I hear from you, I think that's what happens to a lot of people as well. They get to a certain point where they just can't keep doing what they're doing. Mm. You know, and it's interesting, and I might be skipping ahead a little bit, but it's interesting with the work that you do now that that's exactly what you do. You help people to have that shift, to have that change, to know how to actually do it without, you know, trying to figure out the hard way like perhaps you have. Mm. So another question for you, and I guess it's because you, you know, obviously at that point moving from Woolworths, I think it was at the time, to getting into being that, uh, working with that lawyer, you know, and moving forward, like what is the thing that keeps driving you to accomplish more? Yeah, I actually remember this moment. So once I started working for that lawyer, um, I loved the job so much. It was challenging me. I remember feeling awake. When I used to go to work at Woolworths, I felt like it was a dream. Like it just felt... I wasn't being challenged at all mentally. um, Physically, I was. It was a very physically demanding job, but mentally I wasn't. And I remember going to work um, in the office every day thinking, there are so many things I'm doing today that I've never done before. I have no idea how to do. I'm just learning, learning, learning. And I hadn't experienced that in over 10 years. And so I remember this feeling. I, I decided that one day I came home and I said to Aaron, I want to be a lawyer. And he's just like, okay, great but how do we make that happen? Like you didn't complete grade 11 and 12, which is a minimum to even get into university to then study a bachelor, to then become a lawyer. I was like, I don't know, but let's figure it out. So I started making a few phone calls and and figured out I needed to get what's called an, an overall position in Australia, an OP. And that's when usually when you finish grade 11 and 12, all year 12 students who participate in this OP program get given a ranking of one to a hundred and universities will take you in for certain degrees based on your overall ranking. And for a lawyer, you needed to have a ranking of between one and five, one being the highest, five obviously being (laughs) down from one. Most students get around the 14, 15 mark. So I knew I had to achieve quite high and I hadn't studied in over, yeah, over 10 years. And so the first step was to do an di- advanced diploma in business and that was going to give me my overall position so that way I could apply to all the universities to get into the law program. 
I remember getting those assignments, coming home, turning on the computer. And at this stage, I was still learning how to use Microsoft Word and Excel. My husband's a computer, like an English genius. Like he's, he's very strong in literature and English. I wasn't like, I, if you can picture this girl that had a missing tooth here, she worked in the butcher shop, real rough diamond. (laughs) And I had to learn how to use a computer, wear a suit, go to work every day, get rid of my Oka accent, my horrible Australian accent and polish up. And all at the same time, I was learning how to, you know, learning school again. And I just remembered feeling so free. I remember for the first time, just feeling like, wow, this is what it feels like to be mentally stimulated again. And it was so addictive. I just wanted more and more. And I guess just pushing the boundaries of what am I capable of? What am I capable of? And every assignment I submitted in, I got high distinctions, high distinctions. And this was after not studying for 10 years. And so I was thinking, okay, let's see if I can get a perfect score. And so I went through the first year, like the whole year of doing my advanced diploma, pushing for that perfect score. And I graduated with my advanced diploma And I remember my husband and I were on holidays down at about an hour and a half south down at this beautiful coastal town. And I was in the hotel room. We were getting dressed ready to go out for the day. And an email came through saying that our results were released. And I logged on and I had a look and the score said 99. And I was like, oh, I needed to get between one and five. I got 99. Like, did I fail? (laughs) I was devastated. And so Aaron's like, I don't think you failed, honey. And I was like, no. but it's, it's, it needs to be between one and five. I'm such a literal person. Like, and Aaron's like, why don't you call the, the, the college? And so I called them and I was like, I needed to get between one and five. I got 99. What does that mean? And she goes, you got one. And I was like, huh? I remember I nearly dropped the phone. I just, I couldn't believe it. She goes, yes, you got one. You can get accepted into any university anywhere. And so I just remembered this feeling that I'll never forget. It wasn't the most proud moment, but it was definitely right up there. It was the feeling of, wow, if I can do this, what else can I do? Like a year ago, I was a high school dropout that, you know, couldn't even use a computer pretty much and struggled to use proper English. And now I'm getting accepted into any law school around the world. Like, wow, what else can I do? And um, so I applied into three different universities, got accepted, chose Bond University here on the Gold Coast, which is one of the best law schools in Australia. And then I remembered um, my mo- like the, the feeling just continued and Jade Start was actually a uni project that was partway through my um, uni degree because I studied a subject called entrepreneurship. And I remember this just opened up a whole new world for me. I was like, oh my goodness, you mean I can have a business? Like I'd never even considered it before. So yeah, the, the, the feeling just came from just conquering all of these things just and just pushing the boundaries, pushing the boundaries. I just, I remember I'd come home from uni and Aaron and I would go for a walk on the beach and we, we had this really beautiful stretch here in Burley that goes through about, it's a 3K walk if you walk point to point and back. And we would do that walk every night and I'd tell Aaron everything I learned that day. And I just remembered this overwhelming, like panicking feeling. And he's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I don't have enough time in this life. And he goes, what do you mean, Jade? You're 27. (laughs) And I was like, I don't have enough time in this life to try all the things that I want to try and to do all the things that I now realize I can do. And he's like, okay, let's just take one step at a time. Like finish your law degree first and let's see what you want to do after that. So yeah, that was the feeling that really sort of got me hooked. You know, it. Uh, I love, <laughs> I love the excitement you've just given, and you know, and I see it. You know, I see w- what you share, obviously, with your husband. Is it Aaron? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and, and you guys have uh, great energy together, and obviously, he's you know working a bit with you now as well. Yeah. And uh, what you just explained, you know, that moment. You know, some people might be listening or watching and thinking, "Oh, well, you know, I've never had that sort of moment," or, you know, how how could I possibly have that moment? And it just reminded me, you know, and I'm sure, let me know if I'm off track, but it reminds me of when you get focused, you know, when you just go, okay, this is the one thing that I really need to do. It's almost like locking into a big goal. Like that that for you, I'm sure at the time was a very big goal. Mm. And I want to get to between one and five and you got 99 (laughs) and you got the one. (laughs) So 
You know, and you mentioned uh, just a moment ago as well, it wasn't your proudest moment. So I guess, you know, another question I've got for you is like all the success you've had, and I know you're not sharing everything just yet, but, you know, what would be your favourite moment? I, my, I was thinking about this last night and my favourite moment, I've had, yeah, like you said, I've had heaps. There's so many amazing moments and I'm not discounting any of them, but I think the moment that made me feel the most emotional and overwhelmed about what I've done to date has to be the day I sat in my graduation hall um, for my graduating my law degree. Um, the second moment was the day I got admitted as a lawyer. And the reason being is I was sitting in, I didn't expect this at all. I was just sitting in the, the row because I graduated with honours, um, which is only sort of the top sort of 7% of students graduate with honours, um, probably less. And I just didn't, I couldn't believe I was sitting in the front few rows of my graduation hall graduating with honours. And as the, the ceremony started, through the middle of the corridor walked like they had all of these traditional robes on and like all of the professors and the the senior cohort of the university they put on like a big spectacle when you graduate and I remember turning around and seeing them walking up through the middle of the corridor with the big stick and their robes and I just burst into tears because I just felt like I did it like I can't believe I actually did it I like you said I'd been focused for so long that I was just focused on the outcome and getting there and putting all of my effort and energy into getting there. And in this moment, I was able to be present and just experience the, the accomplishment that I had accomplished. And it's like a flashback. I'd seen what had actually happened over the past five years, where over the past 15 years, where I'd come, all the journey I've had, and I just it all hit me all at once. <laughs> and I just remembered feeling so incredibly proud. And then the day I got admitted, so to get admitted as a lawyer, you have to do some further study. It's a post-grad diploma um, in legal studies and you got to, uh, so my job, I actually got a job working for PricewaterhouseCoopers and they're the largest accounting firm in the world. Um, and I do corporate restructuring and insolvency. And I'd been doing that for a number of years. Um, so I actually left working for that lawyer and and PwC uh, were appointed receivers over the company that I was working for. And so when I was the last employee left, so they then made me jump ship and join them. And so I remember I was working for them at the time when I got admitted as a lawyer. And it was just a different feeling because you're working full time, you're studying full-time still. So I, by this stage, I think I'd been studying and working full-time for about four or five years um, and when you're sitting in the admission hall, you're sitting in there with other professionals. So the first graduation ceremony was me with my student peers. The second admission ceremony was me with my professional peers. And that was just a different level again. So I remember the judge walking in and everybody's standing up and you sort of say, hello, good morning to the judge. And you sit back down and you say your vows. And it was just, yeah, a completely different feeling, but equally as proud. I love that. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, you know, really an interesting thought as well. It's almost like going through from being, you know, that, uh, well, not high school, but, you know, from being a youth to being an adult, you know, and seeing a, a shift that really has occurred over that period of time. Yeah. Um, another question for you, because obviously I, I pre, pre-mentioned that uh, you're a business coach as well. So, what are you working on at the moment? Like, uh, or what are you working towards at the moment? Yeah. So I launched my business Jade Start uh, back when I was in university. So the business is actually celebrating its fifth year anniversary this month. Yay! <laughs> I haven't had time to make a big deal of it because I've been so busy. <laughs> but five years is a long time to be in business um, these days. A lot of people give up <laughs> before then. But I, over the past five years, I've been working a lot with one-on-one -on -one clients. I didn't actually have an online program because I was really trying to perfect what my message was, what people needed, what resonated with people. And over that time, I've developed a really unique program that nobody else is really offering that really gets down to the nitty gritty of how you actually find that purpose like I did in life. Um, so my seven-day business idea challenge is all about taking you from that before state of somebody who's confused and doesn't really know what they want to do with their life, much like I was, through to having purpose, knowing your why statement, coming up with business ideas, understanding the niche market they fit within and validating it before you even go ahead and launch it. And then my launch pad programs 
all the stuff they need to know to launch it. But I've sort of cut out all the theory that I've spent over 200 grand learning <laughs> and instead just put in the, the, the actual actionable stuff that, you know, you don't learn unless you're in business. And the first sort of four to four years of my business life were learning all of those mistakes and perfecting it and really nutting it down. So now my Launchpad program has been built. Um, that's now an online group coaching program and it's going really well. Um, and then the next project I'm working on is joint ventures. So a lot of my clients have achieved success and what I've been working towards is pairing up with those successful clients in those industries to create another unique offering which takes them from working with customers doing client-facing things to transitioning them into the online space to offer online coaching. And so I'm setting up academies. So my first jet joint venture was with one of my dear clients, Emily. She's a professional makeup artist. She's achieved awards. She quit a job in under 10, nine months um, to work full-time in her business. And she's since gone on to be super successful. So we've paired up to create an online makeup academy that takes people who want to be professional makeup artists through a series of makeup and business school learnings. And um, yeah, there's no one really, there's people doing makeup academies that have business and makeup, but the difference that I'm doing is I've done the makeup side, I've done the business side of things for them because creatives hate business. <laughs> they love it. They love making money, but they hate trying to figure out business. And so I've taken the mystery out of it for them. And yeah, I'm just starting to set up joint ventures with all of my different successful clients to sort of help them in their space. You know, I love that. And, you know, a lot of my clients, it's certainly a similar discussion. I'll, I'll obviously, I'm not doing what you do in the same way, but I'll say to them that, you know, the biggest, the biggest shift that I made on my journey was actually investing in someone to help me, whether that be a mentor or a coach. I think everyone, you know, everyone, if you're not, if you're not achieving the success that you want, you know, stop trying to figure it out yourself, yeah. you know, find someone. I usually say, even in my lives, I'll say, find someone that you resonate with and invest in them. Yeah. Don't go asking them to help you for free. Actually pay them to help you because you're more likely to actually do what they tell you to do. You know, exactly. go, I've got to get a, got to get a return on my investment. So I love what you're doing. And I definitely love the joint venture idea. I think, uh, you know, it's such a, well, it's such a gift <laughs> for the people that you're that you're helping, you know, because yeah, as you said, creatives aren't often, um, you know, very business savvy. In fact, I think I'm a creative, and maybe that's a similar thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe give us uh, some insights. I know you have quite you've had quite a lot of clients over the you know over this period of five years. Congratulations again. Mm-hmm. So within that time, is there you know one or two people that stand out? Um, that you could share maybe a bit of an insight, maybe some of the things that weren't working to how you help them to have that shift. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my one of my clients is Emily. I just mentioned her name. So she went from, she was quite young when I first started working with her. She was 19. Um, similar story, working in a gym, felt really unfulfilled. She actually enrolled into university to do psychology, did a month, and then she's like, what have I signed up to? Like, this is horrible. And so she left uni and she come to me and she said, I think I want to be a makeup artist. So I was involved with Emily's business right from day one. And so we sat down. We planned out her branding. Most makeup artists go ahead and just call the business their name. And I'm not a fan of doing that at all because you can't step away from the brand at any point if you are called the brand. Hence the reason Jade starts not Jade Weller. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, we created a brand for her. Um, She started to uh, implement the business learnings that I had learned and was teaching her. And within nine months, she quit her job. Within a year and a half, she was an award-winning makeup artist in her area for um, Bride's Choice, which is an it's like a, an award that people choose their favorite makeup artists in their area. Um, she did a lot of weddings and she was voted the best at weddings in her area. And most people don't win those awards within a year and a half. They've usually been in business for five, six, seven years. And so she was super successful with that. She started an online program um, teaching everyday women how to do their makeup. That's just taken off. And yeah, she's now becoming TikTok famous as well. 
<laughs> she's just one of those super personable people that she just implements everything I say to her. Like, you know, if some, I'm not going to lie, some things are overwhelming for her and I have to remember that she is a creative and even though I'm teaching her things, this is like a foreign language to her sometimes, but she sits with it, she implements it, she tests it, it works, she gets addicted to it and then she keeps doing it. And so she's just had the most incredible success as a result of it. Another one of my clients, um, Jade, her name's Jade. I've got a lot of clients that are named Jade, actually, three of them, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> but she's, uh, she's also a creative. She has a lash and brow business. Um, and she came to me, she had a salon full of employees that were just a nightmare for her. So she was really struggling to control the culture because she's such a giving person that they were just walking all over her. And she was thinking about shutting shop. She's like, I really don't know what to do with this business anymore. She just created an um, online product business that did brow pencils and and brow um, trainings. And so she was teaching other brow artists how to do what she does because she's very good. And she was wanting to lean all in on that space. So we restructured her salon so she had no employees. Instead, they were renting beds off her. So she was effectively a landlord. We then put in systems and structures for her online business um, and she's done extremely well. During COVID, she had to shut the salon down. A lot of brow, lash, makeup artists were all out of work because they weren't allowed to do that kind of work. And a lot of them were wondering, how am I going to make any revenue over this period And I've actually got quite a few clients in that space. And so I sat down with each of them. We created offers. It's all about creating an offer. You know, you're just one offer away from making your wildest dream figure. Like it's, it's nuts. You get that, that balance right and you can make it. And, um, she made an offer, put it out in the marketplace and she made ridiculous amounts of money. Like over 18 grand in a, in a day. It was just nuts. And so she went from, you know, struggling to pay her wages to the next day earning over eight. I think the end figure was around 20 grand, um, from other brow and lash artists who were also out of work. So they were spending money to do these learnings. And now we're set, I'm actually doing a joint venture with her later in the year as well. And so at the moment, we're working on finalizing her product ladder and putting in all the systems and structure because you can't have a successful business without the infrastructure being in place. Otherwise, you struggle. So we're putting the infrastructure in place so that she can manage the success she wants to achieve. And I got one more client. He's a mechanic. And uh, this one, I love this story because it's so left field, but he came, the story of how we met is actually really bizarre too. So some friends of ours were going fishing and Aaron put the wrong fuel in the Hilux (laughs) by accident. We had, uh, we've got a a European car and we used to have a U years ago, but we take um, the high premium unleaded petrol and we pulled up to the servo and Aaron was being a gentleman and thought he would fill up the car and pay for it but he filled it up with petrol instead of diesel and we got about 500 meters down the road and the car clonked out and our friend was like did you put petrol in the car and he's like no he just he didn't think he forgot it was just natural instinct anyway it turns out that at that intersection on that intersection there was a mechanic shop and our friend's brother knew the owner of the mechanic shop. So we had the car towed all of, you know, 200 meters to the mechanic shop, had the car fixed. And when Aaron and I went down there to pay for the repairs, we met the young owner, Hank. And he was this 22 year old that was just brimming with life and super personable and found out, you know, he does drifting and all of this other cool stuff. And so we got chatting and he asked, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm a lawyer and a business coach. And he's like, oh, I really need some help with my business. I just bought it a year ago and I've no idea what I'm doing. And so I was like impressed that this 22 year old, you know, took on a massive business. I was like, go for you, buddy. Like, this is epic. So I started working with him, coaching him. He's been putting in a lot of the systems and structure that I was just talking about. And he's about to drop an offer in the marketplace next week that nobody in his industry is doing. That's just going to revolutionize not only his industry and the way he does business, but also the way he makes money, which is really exciting. You know, I love everything that you said, especially about the clients you've been working with. Because, you know, the thing is, and you mentioned it kind of loosely, you know, that they're putting together or have put an offer out and actually have, uh, you know, received some great, um, I'll get Nathan's just coming, I'll get him to pop on mute. 
I know he's going to ask you some questions. Um, but the great thing is that I heard you say is that, you know, creating an offer which is really unique and different. Sorry, just muting <laughs> Nathan there. Um, creating an offer which is really unique and different because, you know, it's, it's all good and well to be an expert in what you're doing. In fact, you know, people want to know, you know what you're doing. But to actually offer something which is unique is the way that you'll actually get people remembering who you are because they go, oh, I remember they did that thing which was really different. And as you said, you know, on a financial side of things, it actually has uh, a huge benefit, a huge payoff as well. Yeah. So, you know, I love those stories. And, you know, you kind of mentioned a little bit on, you know, being when, when COVID hit, uh, Corona, whatever we want to call it, when it hit, you know, a lot of businesses and including beauty were, you know, heavily affected. Mm. Um, lots of industries were, you know, we were kind of quite lucky in the space we're in because we're already doing the online. Mm. And as you know, a lot of my clients are in diff- many different countries. Mm. So it was, you know, I wasn't hard hit, but I definitely had plenty of clients that were being hit as well, you know, in different industries. So, you know, maybe if you don't mind, maybe give us some tips on what people can be thinking about even if they don't uh, reach out and I'm going to give, let people know they can reach out to you. And if they're looking for a business coach to give them some ideas and to help them grow and create their unique offer. But what are some tips that you could give that maybe could uh, inspire the people we've got here at the moment? Yeah, definitely. Um, So my number one tip is to make sure that you actually love what you do. And I know that you coach and help people do this, but there is no point in putting all of your effort and energy into something that you don't love doing, because if you don't love it, you're not going to show up in your best form to be able to solve that problem. As business owners, we are problem solvers. We are not in the business for anything else other than to increase people's status and to solve their problems. And so if you don't really care about the problem that you're solving, you're not going to solve it the best. And the consumer is going to know. And they are so savvy. We've, we've grown up in an era where we've been taught all of the best sales tricks. We know how to be, you know, we know how people try to sell to us what we want to buy is genuine authenticity. And so if you love what you do, you will be genuine in in every way that you show up. And so that's the first tip. The second tip is all around mindset. That client, Jade, that I was just telling you about that made 20 grand in a day. um, Two weeks earlier, she was having the biggest meltdown because calling me every day in tears because everything was going wrong for her. And as a business coach, Aaron and I always laugh. We say, you know, you're 30% in the business of teaching people business and 70% in the business of getting people's mindsets right so they can actually make money. <laughs> and Brad, I'm sure you know this very well. And so I, I would spend, you know, every day on the phone to her just reshaping her mind. You know, you, you, what you think about, you attract into your life. And she was calling me in tears every day, thinking about all the things that were going wrong. And I just remember this one day, I was like, enough's enough. You're not calling me about these problems anymore. You're going to start to put things in place that's going to attract all the right things that you want to have happen. I made her a screensaver, which had her goals. I said, how many masterclasses, international masterclasses do you want to sell out? And she told me, and I calculated how much revenue that was going to equal. I said, right, when's your masterclass is happening overseas? Because this is her first time doing an international masterclass. She told me the date. And so I, I prepared her a little screensaver that had the, the little mantra from Think and Grow Rich in it. And, um, and then after that, I said, here's your action list. These are all the things that you need to do. Yep, Think and Grow Rich, exactly. <laughs> These are all the things that you need to do to make that happen. So take action. And she read through the list and she's like, oh, I'm already doing a lot of these. And so it gave her like a bit of a reshape in her mindset. She then went on to smash that list in under a week and everything just started turning around. She then remembered to implement the Dream 100 strategy that I taught her in her coaching. She started reaching out for people to do collabs and just her snowball effect compounded and compounded and compounded. And within a week, she had gone from calling me in tears every day So literally every day I was getting a message saying, oh my God, I can't believe this has happened. This person wants to collaborate with me. Oh my God, I'm now doing a masterclass in LA. Oh my God, this (laughs) just one thing after another, after another. And so the next tips definitely get your mindset right because that is the key to being able to achieve your wildest dreams. You know, I love that. And yeah, it, you know, those two things, you know, making sure that you're doing what you truly love 
you know, and if it's a goal you're going to go after, make sure you genuinely desire it. Like it's something you really want. Make sure it's really big where it scares the hell out of you yeah. and you've done that. Um, and then, you know, and then exactly that, you know, because the law of attraction works all of the time. Some people think, oh, you know, what's this, you know, airy-fairy stuff, the law of attraction? Well, it works. It works whether you're thinking about the things you don't want or the things that aren't working or the things that are working, you know. And as you said, just that little shift of getting yourself thinking about where you're heading, what you're actually working towards and who you actually want to be talking to can just, yeah, make things change very, very quickly. So I think that's beautiful tips, beautiful tips. Hey, um... I was going to say emotional intelligence is the number one thing that every successful person possesses. You cannot be successful without emotional intelligence. They just go hand in hand. And so I think learning your mindset is the first part of emotional intelligence, but actually learning to grasp your emotional intelligence is definitely the next step. I love that. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, more and more people uh, that are, I'm going to say, waking up are realizing that they you know, need to be thinking that way. So it's good. I think, you know, and maybe it's just because it's in the space that I'm in and maybe I'm attracting that. <laughs> but um, we've got a few people here, which is awesome. And I might, um, I'm going to ask you something else, but while I do that, I might actually get the guys, if they want to ask a question, pop in the chat bar your question. So I'm just going to write type question here or so you can either type your question in the chat bar or feel free to take yourself off mute, um, but maybe put your hand up so I know you're going to do it so that you can ask Jade a specific question. Uh, it can be related, related to anything that she knows. You're thinking, well, hang on, what does she know? No, it can be related, <laughs> can be related, related to, the, to the law or it can be related to business coaching or related to what you're actually working through at the moment. So have a think about that if there's something you want to ask or even if it's maybe a question on something you've heard uh, Jade talking about. Um, just seeing if, like, you've covered off on so much. So I've got a whole bunch of questions here, which I shared with you. Um, and I'm just trying to think of something else that might be relevant. So actually, I will ask you, you know, you mentioned Think and Grow Rich, definitely mm-hmm. one of my favourite books. When I had my, uh, my, main, ba- my main breakthrough, uh, it was the first book that I went to to really... Uh, not wake up, to actually really learn what I needed to implement. So, and I'm sure you've read many books and I'm sure you've listened to many different people. Um, what would you say, you know, are your top three books that you can think of the top of your head and why? Yeah. So Think and Grow Rich is definitely number one. I think that it's great from a, if, so if you're not so much into spirituality, Think and Grow Rich makes it really business related and takes out a lot of the spirit. It's still some spirituality, but it's not as strong. Except, except near the end. Yeah. <laughs> round table. Oh, I love that round table discussion. But anyway, <laughs> I think it's just a great book to start with. Um, the Law of Attraction was a game changer for me. The Abraham. book, The Law of Attraction. And the reason being is because I, I'm quite an empath and I really struggle because I want to help so many people. I and and coming from the background that I come with in terms of religion and all of that kind of stuff, I really struggled to understand why certain things were the way they were. Um, And the law of attraction just gave me so much peace in understanding why the world works the way it works and that you just have to allow people to be the way they are. They're here to have their own experience. I think for me that was a huge shift. And, And so now I don't feel so compelled to try. And I did this with a lot of clients in the first five years, four years of my business. I spent a lot of time trying to help clients who seemed like they were in this horrible situation and they just needed their business to be the breakthrough. And they, they wanted the business and I would pour all of this effort and energy into helping them get it. And then they would just walk away or they weren't, they wouldn't implement. And I was thinking to myself, why I'm literally giving you a silver platter. Why are you not doing this? And the law, yeah, again, it just baffled me. And the law of attraction really helped me to understand they're just here to have their own experience. And I, you know, you can give them all the tools, but it gives me the peace that if they don't implement it, it's not me, it's that they don't want that experience. And so um, I got a lot of peace from that book. And the 
My actually the third favorite book is um, probably a trilogy. It's by Russell Brunson. Um, I'm a huge Russell Brunson fan and expertsecrets.com secrets. He's now released Traffic Secrets and they just make learning marketing really easy. And when I first launched my business, marketing was something I really struggled with. Um, I'm very good at system structure. It's my superpower. Wasn't so good at selling, like I said. So marketing didn't come naturally to me. So I had to learn this whole world of marketing and spent a lot of money and dove into a lot of different people who taught it. And Russell was my favorite, um, just made it so easy to understand. So yeah, I've got like a whole bookshelf full of amazing books, but they're probably my top three. Yeah. I, I knew it'd be a, a, maybe a difficult question to think, well, which, <laughs> cause it, often when people ask me a similar question, I'm thinking, oh, there's so many lately, you know, in the last 18 months, to two years of, I've, uh, yeah, been on a, um, crash course diet of, uh, many, positive books that have made huge impacts. Um, but I love those ones you've chosen. Um, this year, actually, back in January was when I really started to get into Abraham uh, via the law of attraction, and uh, which is interesting because I saw the movie The Secret 14 years ago and Esther is in that movie. Yet the only person that really stood out that I actually followed was Bob Proctor. That's another story. Um, so I've got a question here from Nathan. He's asking how to how to recommend overcoming how do you recommend overcoming fears and making big life and career changing decisions yeah that's a really good question mm. um i'm a massive believer in following your intuition your intuition is that feeling inside your stomach when you know something's the right decision or not it's not the feeling of fear like there's it can be the right decision and scare the absolute crap out of you. But if it's the right decision, you know that deep down when you peel those layers away, that's the decision you're supposed to make. But how do you actually make that jump? That's actually by, so fear comes from not knowing, right? If you empower yourself with knowledge, fear starts to fade away. And it's the only thing that disappears when you run towards it. So what I would do is learn as much information as I can about what I'm about to do to prepare myself and then have trust and faith in my intuition. And the law, like the law of attraction, once you start putting the ball in motion and you just start focusing on the outcome instead of all of the things that can go wrong, the outcome is what you achieve instead of all of the things that can go wrong. Um, I've done a lot of really big career changing decisions. So I, I actually, when I, my business started to take off, I still had my corporate job. And I, most people say to me, you know, when are you going to quit your job? And you mentioned earlier, Brett, that, you know, you, you should always pay for somebody to, to coach you and mentor you. I'm in a really unique and lucky position where I'm around people in, you know, who run a massive international company and help million dollar companies every day. And I'm getting paid to be there. So I'm getting paid to be mentored by some of the best leaders in the world. And so I, I don't want to quit my job because it, that gives me that stimulation. But that, <clears throat> again, you know, knowing my intuition, that was the right decision for me. But that's meant that, you know, that's been big career defining decisions for me I had to stay in that job and, and put the systems and structure in my business and run that at the same time. And the, yeah, obviously when I started university it was another big career defining decision. You just got to have trust and faith that you know what's right um, prepare yourself with as much knowledge as you can. So that way you can be semi-prepared <laughs> and just focus on the outcome. That's all you can focus on. You know, it, it reminds me, Nathan's saying, thank you so much. He's given the prayer hands. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if they're prayer hands or if they're both giving a high five. Anyway, it doesn't really <laughs> matter. Um, the, the thing you said about the law of attraction and, you know, you mentioned it with some of your clients as well, and you mentioned it in relation to being a top tip in thinking about that you're doing what it is you want to do. So it's the same thing when you're making a shift in my mind is that if you're going to make that shift, is it something you, and like it's a gut feeling, do you genuinely feel driven to do that even if you are scared? Mm. And if that's the feeling, if you feel like, yeah. And actually I have a, I'll give people a little tip of mine, is that Whenever, because I was very, probably like the masses, was very good at procrastinating, very good at um, not making decisions. In fact, this is in this book, Think and Grow Rich. It actually helped me to make this decision. So I said, okay, well, I've got to stop being afraid of failing and I've got to start being afraid of not trying. 
Mm. And I thought, well, how can I do that without getting into that normal habitual behavior of, uh, you know, thinking, oh, yeah, I'm just going to check into a few things and work it out and take my time making a decision, usually not making the decision, or if I do make the decision, it's too late, the opportunity's gone. So I said, okay, what, what question, I didn't even think it like this, but I said, okay, what about if I say, does this have an ability to get me closer to my goal? Or to, does it have an ability to get me closer to where I'm heading? And if the feeling is yes, if I can feel like, yeah, yeah, and then I'll, I'll say yes. If I'm in that indecision feeling, I'll say no. Yeah. Whoops, bumping mm-hmm. my mic. I'll say no because you can still change your mind later on, you know, mm-hmm. if you've said no, but you're better off making a decision so you can move forward one way or another. That's Would actually a really that? good point. Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that because I've said no to a lot of opportunities. When I was finishing university, I was applying for law firms to get a job as a lawyer. And I had so many people saying, you know, we'll take you, we'll take you. None of those opportunities felt right. I just knew in the pit of my stomach, they weren't right. And I turned them all down. And then when PwC offered me the job, it just felt right. And so I jumped all in, went for it. And it ended up, you know, following that, if I hadn't have followed, I actually got offered a job, had handed in my resignation at one point while I was still at uni to go work for this law firm. And it didn't feel right. But I thought that, you know, oh, you know, I'm going to become a lawyer. I need to do this at some stage. And I I was very thankful for a guy that worked there. He pulled me aside and he said, Jade, what are you doing? Like, sure, these guys are paying you more, but they're not the, the, that's not the person you want to be. Like, you don't want to be working in a law firm doing you know, that kind of law, like it wasn't bad area of law. It was like a boring area of law, <laughs> but it was a job doing law. And uh, so he's like, don't do it. You know, ask for a pay rise, stay here. So I did, I got a 20 grand pay rise and I stayed exactly where I was. <laughs> and that just gave me, I'm so grateful for him because that then set me up for the next few years where I kept getting offered jobs and kept turning them down. And just, it really gave me confidence to listen to my intuition and know when to say yes and know when to say no. That is, uh, that's a great point. And, you know, self-control is strength. You know, mm. if you can make a decision, um, even if it's a no, you know, you're, you're really building on power and it has a bit of momentum, as you just mentioned, you know, it keeps uh, flowing through to you. Uh, and, and you feel, you know, like it, it reminds me, there's a, a chapter in a book called As a Man Thinker. I don't know if you've read that book. It's by James Allen. And uh, there's a chapter in it called Serenity. And at the end of the chapter, it actually says self-control is strength, right thought is mastery, calmness is power. Mm. And those, I'm often thinking about those three things because they definitely weren't, <laughs> they weren't how I was operating. And I think sometimes like people are always looking for these, you know, what's the, you know, the shiny object that I can go after? What's the new in fashion thing? And often I'll be saying, you just got to get to, you got to start with the basics. You got to, you know, bring yourself back, you know, because sometimes we can be thinking there's some magic pill or there's something that's going to really make a big shift, you know, in what we're doing um, that, you know, some special thing that is out there. But sometimes it can just be getting really, you know, right back to the bare basics, which can actually help you to focus and keep moving in the right direction. Yeah. Justin said he, he loves that quote. That I've just given. I can I, I can actually re- I can actually recite the whole chapter, but we won't do that on this one. So, I'm yeah. actually glad you mentioned shiny object syndrome. Um, <laughs> that's something I definitely had as well. Um, you sort of once you once you start to, to think of problem solution, you see problems everywhere, and you're like, oh, I could set up a business solving that problem. And um, I'll actually give you another tip to solve that that shiny object syndrome that I had, I actually have a folder on my computer and I create a lean, what's called a lean canvas, which is a one pager. And it basically is a sort of like a high, high level business plan um, on one page. And so I'll put all my thoughts down, save it in that folder. And I think about it and I think, okay, so what do I need to, in my business, what systems and structure do I need to implement in my business to automate what I do so that if I take my focus off it and onto something else, my business can keep going. And so I won't actually go back and visit that folder until I've done those things. And so that's been a way I've been able to control my shiny object syndrome over the past few years. That's such a good idea, you know, and it just reminded me of 
<laughs> I had a I had a shopping issue, you know, go to go to go, go to shops and I just want to buy everything, you know, and uh and so I, what the decision I made in my mind was that you're not to buy anything immediately. You're actually to go away and think about it. over the next day or so if it's really uh, you know, if it's still in your mind and there's a reason why you definitely need it, then you can make that decision. But I don't allow myself to buy anything immediately um, for that exact reason. Because sometimes you can, you know, be reflecting on it and think, why did I want that? Do I really need that? Is that going to help me? No. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah, because sometimes, and you know, I'm using probably something that everyone has an issue with at times because like eating, shopping is a, you know, a way to make you feel a bit better yeah. at the time. So I guess we're getting close to the end here of the hour. Um, so if anyone wants to drop in some last questions for Jay, please feel free to. But do you have any last thoughts you'd love to leave the guys with? Yeah, sure. Um, so something I always tell all of my students is, you know, you you have, they all know that they have this one life to live, but to take the moment, even today, just to think, what do you want to accomplish? Because if you don't have a plan, you're not going to, you're just going to drift. And that feeling of drifting is the worst feeling in the world. That's what I felt for so long. So if you're feeling a bit lost at the moment and you're sort of wanting to change that direction, whether you have a business or you don't have a business, a great place to start is to just think, what do I want to accomplish? Where do I want to be? And you mentioned this before, Brett, where do I want to go? What are my goals? And often setting goals is the first step to feeling that power and momentum to start to take forward action. If you're a master procrastinator like Brett was, <laughs> um, and I was at the beginning of my uni degree as well, uni students are notorious for it. Um, but once you have a plan, you don't procrastinate anymore because once you have a plan, you've broken down all those steps and you know what you, you know actions you need to take to accomplish the goals that you need to accomplish and you've got dates next to it. All you have to focus on is accomplishing the dates that come up first. And once you, you smash that, then you just start working your way through the list. Before you know it, you've got to your goal and you haven't had any procrastination. And so the key to overcoming procrastination is to definitely have a detailed plan. You hit the nail on the head, you know, because <laughs> sometimes, and it's great, I'm glad you said it, because sometimes we can get locked into the goal, but if we aren't actually working on a specific plan, it doesn't mean you have to know exactly how you're going to get to where you're going, but have a plan even for the, like one of my other coaches, James Whitaker, gets us to do a 90-day plan, then we break it down to 30 days and what are you prepared to do this week and what are you prepared to do this day? You know, so that way you can really stay on track because one of the things that would uh, help me to procrastinate would be overwhelmed, yeah. you know, because I could have a huge list of things to do, but if I didn't know when I was meant to do them, I'd just be looking at the list going, oh, oh, I, think I'll, I think I'll go surfing. <laughs> no, I don't go surfing. <laughs> you know, I'll do something, anything but actually getting the work done. So, yeah, it's a great point. Yeah. Well, um, one of the things that I want people to do if they're loving what Jade's delivered, Jade's business, as she mentioned, is Jade's start. I think that's a great tip as well. You know, if you plan on, you know, being really successful in business, don't use your name, you know, create something. I mean, you've got part of your name in it, but use something that uh, other people can actually do the work and you can be overseeing being the business owner rather than just the employee of the business. So great tips, great advice. I love what you're doing. I'm definitely a big fan. Thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's been great chatting with you. And as they say in show business, that's a wrap. Well, I truly hope you enjoyed this episode and remember to subscribe and click on the bell to stay tuned for the next installment. And remember, as I always say, leave at least one person today with the impression of increase. That means have them leaving you feeling better off having spent time with you than not. And hopefully that's exactly what I've done with you today. <laughs>